Welcome back to Ever Ancient, Ever New, the podcast in which we attempt to plumb the depths of the beauty in the Christian faith. I'm Father Kyle Kowalsik, your host here with Jeremy Darling. Uh, this is a podcast of the Church of St. Maximilian Colby. We're sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Uh, and I, we hope that you've been enjoying the podcast. We're almost a year in, actually. And, yeah. um, you know, share share the podcast with others if you find it edifying. Um, uh, we just hope to, to, yeah, to edify and draw deeper into the faith, answer weird questions, and, and just have some fun uh, looking at the, the depths of of the faith. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And oh, hey, an Jeremy, apology. where were you? Where were you? <laughs> yeah, just, I, I was all set. Uh, I was all set to come to our live uh, recording at the, the brewery up in Delano and my car died. My battery actually just completely gave out and it was super unexpected. I wasn't having any problems with the battery. Uh, I'm in, I'm, in transit right now. So our family had to move out of where we were living on July 13th, but we can't move into the house until September 8th. Yeah. So we're in this super weird transit where most of our life is in one of those pods. But then I have to shove things in my car that I need that I didn't want sitting in the pod, mostly clothes and items like that. And so that was sitting in my dad's garage and uh, was in lacrosse in between. I just come back from lacrosse. And so I, he was so sweet. He changed my oil for me. He filled my tire with air. He filled my car with gas. He probably put some washer fluid in there. Super sweet dad stuff. And uh, I went to leave and I, the key wouldn't even turn. I mean, there was no click, no, just, just dead. And I sat there for a minute because he has one of those little plastic bumps. When you, when you pull into your garage, you go over the little plastic bump and that tells you you're right where you need to be. And I'm like, man, if we, if we could push this thing over that lump and get it out of your car, maybe we could jump it because there's no room. It's a two car garage, but he right. built an office in his garage for him. So there's no room to get another car. It was just a disaster. And, you know, I, it's a good 50 minute drive from me to Delano. And, uh, I just finally sat in my car or, uh, in, in his car. Cause I couldn't even take his car. And I called you and I was like, Hey, I can't make it. I can't think of any way to get there in time. Yeah, oh, it was so, so frustrating. So we had a, we still did the the live uh, talk. You know, I just gave a talk, uh, and it was it was good. You know, it was good. And I think it was it was definitely a topic that you know. I mean, a lot of people had a lot of good questions, and we'll we'll redo. The, I mean, we'll do it together on a podcast, just as we as we do things. Maybe in uh, maybe next week or the week after. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, but today I wanted to talk about the gospel and I have a question. I'm going to start with a question for you, Jeremy. And, uh, and I didn't, I, I didn't tell Jeremy what this question was going to be. So I'm catching him. I'm catching him cold. Okay. <laughs> so Jeremy, if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? <laughs> And, and just to protect your conscience, uh, you know, if, if you're planning on going to confession later today, then answer, answer oh, in accordance with. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, it's just, um, that's so funny. That question, you're bringing back all kinds of memories with that. No, question. Hey, no, no delaying here. Just answer the question. Uh, I, I have, uh, I'm confident in my current state. 
um, that I would go to be with the Lord. Okay. So you're saying that you would, you would go to heaven. If you died today, you'd go to heaven, even I if think, there was some time in purgatory. I, yes, I think there'd be, I think there'd okay. be some time, but based on my, my current state. All right, good. So second question, why? Why do you yes. think that you, you stand in front of the pearly gates and the Lord or St. Peter says, why should we let you in? And you say, I, well, I will plead Christ and Christ alone uh, in that, in that moment uh, without a doubt. But um, in terms of friendship with God, uh, as far as I understand um, both what Christ has done for me and what's required of me to stay in friendship uh, with Christ, um, I'm given just about my all. Uh, to remain his friend and to remain in a state of grace. Um, and uh, so, I mean, between, it, again, it's not a works-based salvation, but we're talking about a friendship with, with God and what that looks like. And I can just tell you my, my daily, my, my personal habits are sort of built around that. I just wrote something, actually an answer to this question I wrote in a note last night. I should read it to you. Because it's just, it's insane that you would ask me this question. I would have just written. <laughs> I, because my, I have these conversations with my oldest son. We're trying to sort of define Christian and Catholic um, because they're, they're kind of sometimes competing words still in the world that we're mm, in. Yeah. Which is really weird because, of course, pre Reformation, there was, it was just Christian. Right. But or, I, or Catholic. I, I mean, it was, it was the, essentially the same. It was same essentially word. the same. But here, we only before, before you go off, let me ask the third question. This is the follow-up question. Then we can, sure. we can go into that. So you said you'll, you'll go to heaven because you have, have, are a friend of Jesus and remained in friendship with Jesus. Yep. The third question is, how do you know? And what do you base your confidence for answers, answer number two? Yeah, I would base my confidence in scripture. I would base my confidence in tradition and the teachings of the church. Um, and there's, there's, a, there's a, to a degree, I feel like there's a great line in Marvel Endgame. Hulk is trying to time travel and, and he doesn't really know what he's doing. And uh, they're having some trouble getting Ant-Man through time. It's more Ant-Man is like turning into a baby and an old man. Right, right. And he quietly turns to Black Widow and he, because she's like, do you know what you're doing? He's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Either it's all real or none of it's real. And I thought that was such a funny line because that to me applies so well to the Christian life. In particular, as a Catholic, either all of it's real or none of it's real. So I can either go off the promises of God, the promises that come with the rosary and the seven sorrows. And the St. Michael's Chaplet, which I pray, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the promises of Mass and the Eucharist and confession of the sacraments. I can either mm-hmm. live by those or, or you spend your whole life. I mean, what's the point? If there's, not a way, if there's not a way to know I'm in friendship with God and God hasn't given us all of these tremendous gifts in the sacraments and in these prayers and traditions, I mean, either all of it's real or none of it's real. And so I'm confident that um, those promises are real that Christ's promises in scripture are real, that God's promises in scripture are real, that the promises received through the last 2000 years, these special devotions, private devotions are real. um, That if I do those things with a clear conscience and a pure heart and and even uh, often in ignorance um, that I can rest assured that when I die, I'll see his face. Yeah. So 
I asked these questions in a homily recently at St. Max, um, started the homily off with that. I mean, I didn't solicit answers. I just said, Hey, answer this, answer this in your your own mind. Um, (laughs) and, and, you know, I I would, I would be curious, like, I'd be curious to know the majority response of those person are sitting in the pews, you know? Um, now I asked this to a group of ninth graders at my first assignment one time at a Catholic school, Catholic high school. And I had them write their answers down. So I know what they said. Right. Wow. So I, I said, uh, where would you go if you died right now? What do you think was the the answer of 90% of my, my ninth graders? Oh man. <laughs> I, I mean, there's so many variables that I think would go into a group answer like that, but I, I don't have any idea. Actually, I'm very curious. Yeah. 90% said that they would go to heaven. Wow. I think there's a couple, a couple kids who have just given up on existence who thought that they would go to hell and ninth grade is kind of like hell. So it might just be hard to distinguish (laughs) that at the moment. That's true. But so number two, I said, why, why would you, why would you, why would answer one apply to you? You know what the majority answer was? Give it a, give it a guess. I mean, you're walking down the street and you ask the same question. What do you think most people would say? Most ninth grade Catholics. Most any person really. Uh, of, of, of going to hell. You mean? No, of going to heaven. Why would oh, they 90% heaven. said they'd go oh, to I'm heaven. a good person. I'm a good person. Yes. That would yeah. 90% of the heaven answers was because I'm a good person. Cause I'm a nice guy. I'm, I'm courteous. I'm respectful. That answer um, will I, never change. You're right. You know, change. and I had two, I had two kids get the right answer. One was a Protestant. You know what she said? Well, what would be the token Protestant response? Because I have Jesus in my heart. Yeah. I mean, she was a little bit more theologically astute than that. And she said, because Jesus died for my sins. Okay. That's a great right? answer. Yeah. She's the one Protestant in class. She said, I'd go to heaven because Jesus died for my sins. <laughs> good. And then I had one uh, Catholic girl, good, good kid, good family. Um, and her answer was because I've been baptized and I go to confession and mass, you know? So essentially, I mean, that's the same, it's the same answer because that's what yes. baptism is. I'm baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. Right. That's my participation in that. And I stay in the state of, of friendship with him. I stay in his, being able to apply his death and resurrection to myself by going to communion regularly at mass and receiving the sacrament of confession when I've, when I've failed. All right. Then the third answer, and this is where, this is what gets them, right? I say, okay, so why, how do you, how do you know? How do you know that you'll get to go to heaven because you're a nice person? And this is where, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, uh, the Bible question mark, um, the catechism. I don't think I even knew what the catechism was, but, um, why would I, why, how do you know? And that, that's the thing. It's like, if we've even given any thought to the, to the question of where I'll spend eternity and then come up with the answer that, well, you know, how could I go to hell? I'm not, I'm not Hitler. Uh, then on what are we basing that, that evidence, right? Uh, that confidence, right? If, if you're, if you're building your life on the premise that you're going to heaven because you're a nice person, 
how confident are you in that? And on what does your confidence lie? Yeah. Because does the scripture say that in anywhere? No. Does the catechism? <laughs> no. no, the popes, they don't teach that. The, the church doesn't teach that. This is, um, this is a, a, a very, it's, it's a, it's a, they've, it's just been made up. It's just yep. been made up. I actually don't know where, I don't know where it came from. Yeah. I mean, I suppose this is sort of the uh, post-Renaissance, post-Enlightenment uh, modern uh, religion of self, post-sex revolution, religion of self idea that goodness, this uh, indescribable in uh, goodness is enough to get us to some, some better place in the next life. There's a lot of Eastern religions, of course, that teach that kind of crap as well. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of a Pelagianism, which is yes. a, an, an ancient heresy that always rears its ugly head and, and continues to do so. And that's, that's the heresy in which I don't actually need grace. I can save myself yeah. by doing good. But then it's, been, it's just been lowered like, well, what kind of good? And then it's really been like dumbed down to, well, as long as I don't do bad, I don't really have to yeah. do good. I just have to not do bad. It's not, I, not really bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can do some bad, just not really bad. Uh, and then, then I'm okay. Like, well, yep. all right. Where'd you come up with that? Because you want, you want the thing that Jesus talked about and opened the doors for, which is heaven. But then you ignore all the stuff he said about how to get to heaven. Right. And we've just, we've actually just created our own religion based on our, our own weakness and our own worldliness Yep. and lack of motivation. It's the self, it's the self gospel. It's, a, it's easily the most widespread heresy, I think, in Western civilization. It's, I just got to be good. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll get to whatever that next life is. Yeah. It's supposed or, to been around for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say that your, your answers were, were uh, sufficient. And I don't <laughs> think any, any Christian of goodwill would say, no, I'm going to hell because they would have hopefully changed something in their life to not go to hell. So to, right. I think to, to have some confidence that we're going to heaven is, is actually a good thing. Um, not a, not a, I mean, I mean, St. Peter says this, right. You know, be sure to, um, you know, to live in such a way to make your election permanent brothers and those yes. who do so will, will surely not be lost. Well, there's a confidence there. I don't have to like, am I, am I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, where are you going to, are you baptized? Yeah. Are you going to confession? Yeah. Are you going to mass every Sunday? Yeah. Are you praying? Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't have to be like wondering. Yeah. So then your answer yeah. for number. Your answer for number two was because you're you're in friendship with Jesus. Now, I think I think that's the great answer, and I think that like to say that I'm in a state of grace is to say that I'm in friendship with Jesus, which is to say that I've been baptized because that's how I became friends with Jesus. That's how right. I received grace. That I've received I'm receiving Holy Communion. That's how I maintain friendship with Jesus. I'm going to so all that stuff is included in I'm friends with Jesus. Even though, I mean, somebody could say like, well, I'm, Jesus is my best friend. Like, oh, well, doesn't, I'm not, I'm not seeing evidence. Of that. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and then is important. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and you mentioned that too, you know, I'm, I'm living in such a way that, you know, by, by the things that I, I uh, do to remain in friendship with Jesus. And that's what we're, that's what we're called to do. And your, your confidence is based on scripture 
and church teaching. And that's, that's, that's it. That's the answer. That's good. You pass. Congratulations. (laughs) And you know, it's so funny. The world I came from rightfully so was really, really consumed by that first question you asked when we would do street evangelism, which I did many times in my, my life, which I think is great just to go out onto the streets and talk to people about Jesus. Um, that was the question that we would, we would ask. And it was extremely important for our, in our tradition to have that assurance of faith. And of course we see that theology and those ideas throughout scripture we just kind of put out the parts about losing it. I very much uh, came from a tradition that, that did not believe under any circumstances could you lose your salvation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, any particularly heinous sin was just proof that you were never saved in the first place, which is still just sort of, in essence, a shadow or a slight reduction of the full theology. Because Jesus certainly said that I'm going to be there at the end and some of you will stand before me and I'll say I never knew you. So there were always right. it was pieces, little little pieces of it. But I wrote this thought last night um, as I was listening. I'm here at the Chesterton Conference in Milwaukee, and I was struck by a, a Chesterton line um, about seeing both worlds. And it occurred to me because I'm trying to put these in answers into phrases that my kids can understand that to be a Christian in this sort of post-Reformation sense, to be a Christian is to follow Christ but only to the second dimension where one can see the whole world for what it really is. That's what I felt like as a Protestant. I can see things for what it really is in this world, but to be Catholic or what I would say to be a Catholic Christian in the fullness of the faith is to enter into the third and final dimension in this life. The one that sees the two worlds at once. Mm. That's what I didn't have before as a Protestant because I didn't have the mass. In the Mass, we get to see the worlds come together. In the sacraments, we get to see the worlds come together. In the Eucharist, we get to see something supernatural coming into my own body. <clears throat> and so that, to me, is the difference. And I, I, ironically, a lot of Christ-fearing, devout Protestants, uh, I would say, would, will be saved oftentimes just by ignorance. Because... <clears throat> Christ made it clear we're not going to be held accountable for things that we didn't know. And I had this conversation with a very dear friend uh, who had recently lost someone very close to them. And they're not Catholic, but we were talking about, you know, she wanted, she wanted to ask these sort of theological questions because she was concerned about where he was mm. and the way he, the way he died. And I thought, boy, I don't want to have this conversation right now when the wound is so fresh. And I just said, look, I know that this person was baptized at some point in their life and had made a commitment and a statement of faith at some point in their life. And I don't know what happened in the moments before their death. I know they were given, they had a friend come and share the gospel with them and and before they passed. And I said, so all I can tell you is that from scripture, I know God is merciful. I know he's a merciful God and that he has ways on the other side to clean us up and, and get us ready. Should we have even an ounce of grace and, and, and friendship with him that God will pursue us to the ends of the earth. Um, but to make these, these claims about, I know where someone is, the church can do that through her saints. 
and through her blessed, certainly. But um, for me to do that, obviously, I think is a little presumptuous. And it's a, it can be a dangerous idol, especially when we're in such a place of wounding, having lost somebody, to, to try and just hold on to that. And the only thing I could tell her is one day everything will be made right. And, and should we get to heaven, um, the place of no sorrow and no pain and no shame and no regrets, I'm not going to be there going, oh, shoot, I wish so-and-so was with me and now I'm sad. I know that I'll know everything even as I'm fully known. Yeah. I'm just trying to get to that moment. Yeah, and I think that's right. That's, that's the, right, the right thing to say. We don't, we don't want to condemn anybody. We don't want to canonize them either. And this is, you know, I was with, I mean, yeah, I was, my, my grandmother died recently and, and family members were saying stuff like, oh, well, now she's in a better place, right? But then that better place is stuff like this. Oh, well, now, now grandma and, and Johnny are arguing over such and such again. Like, <laughs> okay, well, <so>. actually, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's like, oh, wait, so, you know, regardless of how somebody, somebody lived, I mean, like, we'd say that about everybody. Everybody's in a better place. Everybody's in a better place. They died. Well, they weren't, they weren't going to mass. They didn't know Jesus. They didn't, they were, they were addicted to drugs. They were in us. Like, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying that like, that's, that's not the gospel. That's right. We don't just canonize people because they die. Right. And I, I think we need to, I think like, I like what you said for answer number two, friendship with God. And I think if we talked about heaven as, and because everyone wants to go to heaven, but what is heaven? Is it more, more of this earth, longer of this earth, eternal of this? Oh, no, heaven is the perpetual, uh, gaze the perpetual embrace of the the trinity it's it's the it's the friendship of god par excellence you know so heaven is the place where we heaven is the the, the friend yeah i don't know how to say it like right it's but ineffable say it, it's, it's completely ineffable yeah but it's it's friendship right so like i'm not, if i'm living with friends with the with perfect god, unity yeah if i'm if i'm living in friendship with god now then i get to live with god forever in the friendship house, you know, like, yeah. you know, but like, if I'm not living in friendship with him now, then why would I want to live in the friendship house with God for all eternity? Right. Right. It's a very, it's a very good question. And the opposite question is when we used a lot, when we were talking to people, what we call people that were unsaved and we'd be out street evangelizing is if you live this, if you live as if you don't want God now, then the only logical thing for God to do when you die is to send you to a place where he is not. Mm -hmm. And then you get what you wanted in this life, which is you don't, he has no say in your life at all. You have no, there's no God and there's, he can never be where you are. And I mean, theologically, that's the right thing to do. If you live, if as if he doesn't exist and he does, then when you die, if he's a good God, like I believe he is, then he's going to send you to a place where he can never be. And and that's what you wanted. And right. what that what that is is also ineffable. Yeah, and and I think it's actually it's actually more simple than this. We tend to, you know, break down our choices into well, I'm choosing um, to to I'm I'm choosing drunkenness. I'm choosing um, gluttony. I'm choosing sex. I'm choosing wealth. I'm choosing like well, no, no, no. You're you're actually choosing self. In all of yes. those instances, you're choosing self. Like, ooh, 
if I get drunk, that will feel good. If I have sex, that will feel good. If I have wealth then I can buy things that will make me feel good. It's all about right. me, 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 me. Right. And the only other option is God. So it's either God or me. And every choice that I make in my life is either the one that God wants me to choose or the one that my, my sinful flesh wants me to choose. And my goal in the Christian walk is to conform my, my will to his will, not his will to my will. As I think at the end, you know, when we stand in front of the Lord on the last day, um, he will, the, the question will be, hey, do you choose me or do you choose you? Right. And if we've been choosing ourselves all our life, there's nothing in that moment to make us change our mind to say, oh, yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll choose you. I've been, I've been choosing me all these, all these years, but I'm going to choose you. Uh, we, we're not going to do that. Right. And so I'm going to choose me. And, and, and the Lord, he grants our, our wish. He says, okay, you choose you, you get you. But then the thing that sucks about that <laughs> is that, he keeps everything that was him. Yeah. Like all the, like, there's always a good in everything. Like the, 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 the delight of food and the pleasure of sex and the, the, the comfort of wealth. He keeps yeah. the pleasure and the delight and uh, all those other things. And all you're left with is you. That's very interesting. That's, uh, and that's hell. That's hell, just you. And That's none it. of the good things that that were actually God when you were choosing you. He doesn't, that's that's the thing that's, you know, it, it goes against his nature to say, okay, well, you can have, you know, well, if there was no, like gluttony, right? Like, well, the first donut tastes good. The second donut, is it, God could be like, I'm going to make this one taste less good because now you're walking into gluttony. And the fifth one, it tastes bad actually, so that you know, and you won't, you won't do it anymore, but he doesn't do yeah. that. The, the 10th donut tastes just as good as the first donut. It's true. I'm just, I'm just sick now, it's but then true. I don't remember that the next time he, he keeps the, the goodness in the donut is still good. And the sex, whether it's with my wife or with the prostitute still feels good. Right. Right. He doesn't take that away. If he would do that, then maybe we would we would learn that oh I'm choosing me right now and yeah. me doesn't I don't get I don't create the pleasure God right. God attached the pleasure to that to that thing and he's not going to detach it. That's very interesting. That's a very interesting way to describe hell. There in the absence of God is all the absence of the good that we enjoyed, and then just perpetually with you, just perpetual anger and hate and regret. It's, it's hard to wrap your head around. It's really hard to wrap your head around. Well, so this leads to a question then for you. So if someone were to ask us as, as uh, trying to be faithful Catholics, what is the gospel? What is a good short response to that, especially if it's coming from a, you know, a, a very loving, uh, if misguided, Protestant? Um, the gospel is... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, those are the gospels. Um, you know, I would say, I would say the, the gospel is, uh, you know, that thing which the Lord told us to go and proclaim to all nations. So what did he tell us to go and proclaim to all nations? 
Um, the Great Commission, well, he, yeah. The, right, the, yeah. Uh, he told us to go out and say this thing. So it's like, okay, well, what's the thing I'm supposed to say? Well, that Jesus died for your sins so that you could be eternally with him for, you could be with him for forever. But this, this implies several things. One, that there is a God who, who loves me and has created all this good stuff for me, that it radically went astray when uh, our first parents sinned and sold us into slavery, that we're a slave to our passions and to the concupiscence of the world. And that even still, God entered into the human drama and as a man, died on a cross to reconcile us with the Father, rose from the dead to break open the gates of heaven, and is summoning all of us towards him should we choose to accept that. Yeah. That's the gospel. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And, you know, I think that's ironically pretty close to how I would have answered you know, many years ago, um, what I've, what I've found is the, the world I came from in a very, I think a very charitable way, wanted to, wanted a very narrow, very, uh, simple gospel, something very short and sweet. And I think there's, there's room for that, but the reality is nothing God made. Chesterton said this, nothing God made is simple. It's all very complex. If I were to pick a blade of grass up off the ground and examine it, you know, under a microscope, you would see all kinds of just insane things. Then you break open a cell and you see all the mitochondria inside of the cell. I mean, it's just, it just seems to go on forever. And when it comes to knowing him, knowing the one that made us, why we're here and what we're supposed to do, Christ, through the ministry of his church, has given us every avenue to remain in friendship with him. I mean, every possible avenue, no stone left unturned, so that his creation could know how we ought to live um, and who we're to be. And I, I understand that now better than I ever did before as a, as, a, as a Protestant. And so I just think it's, it's interesting that all those, all those questions were really there uh, to a degree, but in this fullness now I have such I have better words to put to what I really knew in my in my heart yeah and and you know and I think that maybe we can talk about this next time we should probably wrap up now but uh, I think that's a good uh, a good uh, distinction perhaps because I think for a long time Catholics kind of forgot the the gospel message you know and so you can talk to Catholics who like yeah I got a mass and pray my rosary and, um, you know, say novenas and, you know, like, okay, but are you friends with Jesus? Oh, what do you, what do you mean by that? (laughs) You know, we're like, well, that's, it is, it's, it's friendship. It's a very formal friendship with Jesus. Um, Whereas I think, I think Protestants would tend to have, you know, a casual friendship with Jesus. Right. I think we need both. And maybe that's next week's conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that'd be a great conversation, and I I think it's interesting. You you could on the on the Catholic side, it's very much sometimes a process, and less of a relationship. Well, yeah, okay, so I do those things too, but I'm doing them because I love him, because I'm in love with him, right? And that's that's a big difference, um, in a relationship, and that's the piece that's 
like super important. <laughs> yeah. Amen. All right. This is great, Father. It's uh it's good to be able to do these things virtually and and uh, I'll have a little post Chesterton conference report for our uh, our next episode. Looking forward to that. Sounds great. Until we meet again, my friend. See you guys. At Catholic Order of Foresters, we're committed to bringing Catholic values to life and financially protecting Catholic families right here in Minnesota. Our members enjoy benefits like scholarship eligibility and peace of mind knowing their family is secure, even if something happens to them. Each year, thousands join us to support people in need through our Feeding God's Children events, spirituality tap-ins, and mission trips. Wouldn't you love to be a part of an organization that embodies your Catholic values? Find out how you can be a part of Catholic Order of Foresters by calling General Agent Brian Marketon at 763-658-4009. That's Brian at 763-658-4009.